All right, creeps, it's finally happened. Almost three years into the podcast, and we've finally chosen a film with full frontal male nudity. Oh my God. Yes. Really? I don't count Sleepaway Camp because it's a child. Well, yeah, and it's also like not even the right. same. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> baby, we got a dick in this movie. Did we? Yes. What? what? We will discuss it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this was- Sorry. Wait. <laughs> yes, there's a full dick. I, I, I've let you all down. Did a double take. Um, we're discussing the schlocky and absurd 1982 film Pieces. The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the February episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. And boy, did we pick, you know, the perfectly <laughs> the perfectly themed movie for that. You're welcome. Um, as always, I am Anya. Hi, I'm Alex. Happy Aquarius season. It's my birthday month. I'm thriving. Yes. Uh, it's the best. I mean, I hate February because it's freezing, but it's my month, so I'm happy. Mm. And I get to talk about pieces, which I think is going to be interesting because I don't think that we have the same opinion on this one, which is always fun. You know, you never know. Maybe you'll sway me. Maybe you'll sway me. Maybe. Maybe you'll sway me. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Well, I know I've seen this movie once before, but Mm -hmm. this was your first viewing. Yes. Correct? How the hell did that go? Well, um... I I actually watched it um watching uh I almost said a rerun like it was on fucking cable. Um <laughs> watching um the segment from Joe Bob's uh mm-hmm. like 24 hour like marathon thing that he did on Shudder before they were like and now we're going to give him Joe Bob's last drive in like permanently. Um because there's like m- many episodes of those that I've missed and I'm always trying to like work my way back through. So if I'm like opting to watch a movie especially for the pod, I'm like wait he covered this one so I can watch it there simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't really think had any effect grant on my my viewing overall. I mean, maybe but yeah, he I mean, gave you some of I've my facts. He mm-hmm. might. So maybe I'll have, you know, it'll ring familiar in my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the first time I saw it. I have – it's been on my watch list for a very long time. Um, you know, in general, being somebody that loves horror, loves B-horror, loves slashers, which I feel like in certain ways – this is a slasher. It is a definitely. slasher. I don't know why I'm saying certain ways. It's definitely a slasher. Um, yeah. And you know what? I didn't love it. Um, but there are definitely things about it where I'm like, I'm glad that I saw this at least once. It feels like necessary viewing at least once for, you know, quote unquote, serious horror fans. <laughs> um, and yeah. yeah. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I think this movie is one that like – you either love it or you hate it. I don't think people really kind of like think it's like good. I feel like you either – you have a strong opinion one way or the other. But I also found, at least in like my research, a lot of people who were saying like the first time I saw this, I thought it was trash. I thought it was like sleazy garbage. I hated it. But then like every time they watched it, they're like, I kind of love this now. And it just grows mm. on you, which I think – I mean, it's a cult classic. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I saw this the first time. Was it maybe like five years ago at a midnight screening, which I will say is the ideal way to see this movie because with an audience, it's insane. Like it, it's just so such a batshit movie to watch. So I think when you're by yourself, some of it can get a little bit like the pacing is not maybe ideal, 
if you're by yourself just mm-hmm. watching it, but with a crowd, it fucking pops off. Um, yeah. So, you know, watching it the second time, I still really, really liked it. I don't think I would have liked it as much and it wouldn't have made as big of an impression on me, I think, if I had just seen it by myself on my couch the first time, but I still really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and the effects, I can't wait to talk about them. The kills, mm, delicious. All right. So, Anya, before we jump into all of my fun facts and background information, why don't you give our creeps a little synopsis of the film in case they haven't seen it or don't care to watch it? Yes. And before I do that, let me give you the list. At the time of recording, this is supposedly available many, many places. Um, Mm. You can watch pieces before we spoil it for you on Tubi, the Roku channel, Shudder, Peacock, Mm. Pluto TV, Canopy, and... I guess Peacock Premium, which is the same thing. But that usually means that you can watch it on it, even if you don't have a Peacock account, just with Mm -hmm. ads. Um, So readily available at the time of recording this. And I presume at least it'll be on one of those when it comes out, at the very least. Um, But Pieces is a slasher, as I previously said. It, you know, introduces us to the story with a young boy looking at porno mags in his bedroom. And his mom comes in and she's not fucking having any of it she's furious with him she's gonna throw them away she orders him to like go get bags that they can like throw his shit out into and he's had just about enough of that um because he was trying to like you know read his mags work on his like puzzle um so he comes in with i believe an axe and Mm -hmm. fucks her up like right to the head fucks her up kills her and then you know the police show up having heard the screams and he's playing like oh my god somebody came in and attacked my mom blah blah so he gets out you know scot-free cut to like a shit ton of years later where you know under the impression that like whoever this person is now is at the very least a young man Um, it's a 40 year jump so did they say 40 years they sure do yeah okay (laughs) i have some shit to say about that later then anyways (laughs) anyways um and we're at a college campus now um, where to give you the short version of it, all of a sudden um, these young female co-eds on the campus are being butchered, killed, and parts of them are missing when these detectives come to the crime scenes, different parts of their bodies each time, which of course the detectives are like, who's doing this? Also, it's so fucking weird that pieces are missing. Pieces are missing. Pieces. What's going on? Um, which of course then from there, it's kind of, I wouldn't say a whodunit, but obviously like, you know. It's kind of like playing with different characters like the groundskeeper and this like one college student and like the other people, other usually men of like, it could be him though. He seems pretty sus. He seems pretty creepy. Um, Until you get to the very end of the movie where you uh, discover that it is the dean of the college who is committing these crimes when he tries to um, steal the feet of the female undercover uh, detective. Um, and professional he, tennis player. <laughs> literally. He is thwarted and you're like, okay, the movie's going to be over. <laughs> and then the iconic shot of the movie, which is what makes it worth seeing at least one time beyond everything else, is out from like a closet, uh, an armoire, falls um, the creation of our slasher killer, which is a female body um stitched together all the different parts because the puzzle the little boy was working on in the beginning was a puzzle of a naked woman mm-hmm. that of course throughout the movie every time a woman is butchered and a new piece is stolen we cut to the puzzle and that part of the woman in the puzzle is being assembled it's being which is very slowly fun. assembled by gloved hands who cannot get the pieces to fit <laughs> 
I know it takes so, so fucking good. long to get those pieces of girl. <laughs> um, but oh Lord Jesus, and so his body falls out. It's horrifying because it's like rotting and stitched together. Um, and then after that. It's like, wow, that was crazy. That was traumatizing. Okay, guys, like, let's call it a day. Let's leave. And our, like, young, like, male lead, um, who's now going to, like, become a detective, um, (laughs) walks over her body to leave the room. And the corpse magically reanimates to have its arm reach up, grab his crotch with such force that her fingers dig in through his – I think he's wearing jeans. It doesn't even matter. And – in theory, I guess, crushes his balls into bloody masses. They popped. And yeah. that's how the movie ends. And yeah, that's I mean, if you think that that's crazy, she didn't even touch on all of the deaths and the and the, no. the dynamics. Oh, well, like, and no. there's so yeah. much. So if that intrigues you, you should check this movie out because it's fucking crazy. It um, is. I love it. Um all right. Thank you so much. Let's get into some fun facts for you. Um, okay. Well, to start off, Pieces came out in 1982. It is not rated, which I love. Uh, mm. It is a tight hour 25, and it is directed by Juan Piquer Simon, whose most notable other film is 1988's Slugs, which I have not seen. But I do want to see that's also on my watch I would list. like to watch Slugs. Um so even though this movie is set in Boston, this is actually a collaboration between the U.S., Spain, and Puerto Rico, and all of the filming itself took place in Spain. There's nothing filmed in Boston. <laughs> Part of me was like, we're going to do a Boston movie. And then mm. I, I was, but I was like, but I thought this was a Spanish film. And then I found my research and it was like, oh no, all of it was done in Spain. They did like a few shots from like stock footage of Boston, but. It was all filmed internationally. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Boston's not very pretty anyway. Um, but that's the, not true. It's fine. Spain is probably a lot prettier. Um, but oh yeah, you know. comparatively. Yeah. Um, so the Spanish title is not pieces. Obviously, pieces is a very fitting name for this film. But I personally love the Spanish title, which is "Mil Gritos Tiene la Noche," which means "The Night Has One Thousand Screams." I mean, an excellent title, but I do feel like Pieces is, like, yeah, very smart and yeah. ultimately more fitting. The Night Has 1,000 Screams. The Night of 1,000 Screams, yeah. That's an incredible title, not necessarily for this film, but I really hope that one day that name can be used because it's very good. Um, it's a great – I mean, obviously, I've been getting back in the past, like, year, back into my reading era, mm-hmm. but it's a great, like, book title, I feel like. Yeah. It just is very – like I read it in Spanish and I was like, I know it's something but like the night has. And I looked it up and I was like, wow, that's better than I thought it was going to be. That wow, I'm changed. Wow. Um, so because the cast is a mix of American and Spanish actors, all of the audio is dubbed. Uh, like we mm-hmm. talked about that I believe in our Demon Demons episode maybe? How a lot of times – I believe so because then our good friend uh, Gretty – Yes. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter to explain to us, little pea brain girls, <laughs> why that is. And I was grateful. It was great. Yeah. A lot of um, European films in the 80s and 90s were dubbed over. Um, so some of the actors dubbed their own voices. Some of them were spoken Spanish. So other actors dubbed and some um, just had like very thick accents. So they had American actors dub over. So it's a, it's a mix, but I always find the dubbing to be 
an added layer for me of just like surrealism because it's obviously what they're saying, but like there's something just slightly off about it and it always intrigues me. Well, yeah, um, your brain, your brain, yeah. it's like, because like obviously now we know it's dubbing, but I feel like if you're not familiar with that stuff and you watch it for the first time, like if you've never seen anything like that, like you're like, <laughs> what this is what something's happening in my it's not coming together correctly yeah. in my head it's so weird um so this movie because it's not rated they kind of just i think go all out with the blood and the gore when there are kills mm. um and so unsurprisingly this was confiscated in the uk as a video nasty uh in its nice. release um but it did have a pretty decent box office success in the u.s when it came out um it did pretty well and obviously now it is considered a cult classic um this is notably Eli Roth's favorite slasher film of all time. He promotes it constantly. I've seen – I saw like multiple interviews when I was doing my research of him just like at screenings or like in interviews just being like, pieces, man. It's so fucking great. And just like that completely raving about it. for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm an Eli stan, so what can I say? I know you are. <sighs> <laughs> Kevin Fever. <laughs> I um, did see. I was with Cornelia yesterday, and we did see Kevin Fever on on DVD at a Goodwill. I do love it. It really hit so hard the when we did it for the the pod. Um, so this, I don't think this is going to come as a huge surprise. Um, the screenplay originally came from a thirty page treatment called Jigsaw, which was going to be a made for TV movie. So. The script got passed on to Juan, the director, and he ended up taking the idea and writing just like a very bare bones script. Um, so a lot of the film is kind of just improvised by the actors as they go. They had like, you know. You don't say. Yeah. The writing wasn't maybe top notch. Um, and something that kind of goes into that is that there's a scene where there's just like a random moment of kung fu. Um, oh my god we have to talk about that later holy shit i made such a huge note about that oh yeah well i mean the reason because yeah there's a scene where our undercover police officer slash tennis player mary riggs is you know she's walking around at campus at night trying to keep an eye out for killers trying to find this man and some random guy just like comes at her and tries to like attack her with kung fu and she fights herself like fights him off and then it's just like a professor of kung fu, which doesn't make any sense. But the whole point of it was that the producer, Dick Randall, who's like known for making like very sleazy kind of films, he was working on a kung fu film at the same time with a Bruce Lee impersonator who's ironically also named Bruce Lee, but with one E. Wow. Um, and so they were like, you know what? We got this guy. Let's write a scene in, add some length to the film. It's going to be a great moment of kung fu action. And so that's the only reason that's in there is just because they wanted to add time. And they were like, we got this guy on, on set. Why not? It's beautiful. <laughs> that's – girl, that scene oh, – I'm just going to say it right now yeah, because do I, like, I don't know if we'll get back around to it – is so nuts because, yeah, <laughs> she's just fucking walking at night and you're like, oh, it's a killer on loose, whatever. And then this guy comes around the corner and it's not like – he literally just walks around the corner. She doesn't do anything to him. He And then, all, yeah, he's, like, literally physically trying to, like, kung fu attack her. <laughs> where you're like, this can't be the killer. But, like, something else is at play here. Like, and then it ends. Because, mm -hmm. like, this, like, college boy lead that's, like, also kind of in love with her shows up to, like, quote, unquote, like, not even rescue her. Because it's, like, kind of over by the time he gets there. Yeah. But then he's like, oh, like this is my kung fu professor and he's and his professor isn't even like oh my god i'm so sorry i thought she was attacking me so i defended my no he's literally just like 
Yeah, I was out for my jog. Yeah, oh, and he said and that he, like, uh, so he are had you some... just casually attacking women on your no, jog? No, no. He said that he wasn't feeling well. It was bad chop suey. That's what that's his explanation. It's like that's not even an explanation. <laughs> I, I really know. was like, because well, like at that point, I thought it really woke me up, and I was like, okay, what the fuck? And then it was like, lol, never mind. And I was like, now I can't get angry about this because I I see. I understand what movie I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was just like so bizarre. Like I was like, I've already been experiencing the bizarre, you know, flavor mm-hmm. that this movie is giving me. <laughs> and then it threw that little, you know, bit in there. And I was like, I uh, wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. And that's probably why you missed the dick because it's right before the Kung Fu scene because he gets out of bed. It probably hears- literally washed yeah. right out of my mind. He hears her. I, th- I forget what happens. If he hears her, if he like sees her, so he gets out <gasps> no, of bed. I remember now. And his his dick is just flopping, and then the girl's like, "Well, oh, that's like a side profile of his dick, isn't it?" It's like yeah. he's he's looking at the window. Okay, yes, yes. I remember um, this now. Yes, because then yeah, then the girl he's like the girl's trying to get him back in bed, and she's like, "You can gag me," <laughs> and it's like a whole thing. But like, <laughs> oh my god, it's, <laughs> we're gonna talk about love. him. Don't worry, we're gonna yes. talk in depth about this fucking guy. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a scene in the film. That's a real scene. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see what's next. Okay, um, so. The woman who plays Mary Rigg, Linda Day George, um, she's actually married to the man who played Lieutenant Bracken, who's our lead detective, Christopher George. Um, mm-hmm. And they were a married couple who worked together very often. But very sadly, after they shot their next film together, Mortuary, which is also a big horror film, um, he died of a heart attack at age 52. And she was so, so devastated sad. by his loss that she worked like a couple of guest spots and then she just quit acting altogether because she couldn't do it with him oh my god that's really so sad because it's just like i mean i feel like in general i mean you, you, there's obviously like hollywood couples and like a lot of the times it's like it, it ends badly but like to be fair to these people like they're not a-listers so like they had a better shot i'm sure it's very sweet the thought of like this is me and my husband and we always like work on movies together yeah. like i love that i think that's adorable but I, that's so sad that he passed so young. And then the fact, and I get it completely of like this thing that like, I'm, I don't know that they necessarily did every film together, but it's something that like you did right. very frequently with your husband and it's something you shared. And it was like, I'm sure a huge pillar and bond you mm-hmm. had. And then to lose him, girl, yeah I, yeah, I could never do it again. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't like, a, I don't, I think he might've been maybe a little bit more famous than her, um, but she was on the original TV series of Mission Impossible. Like she was pretty well known. Um but yeah, I, I think it said that they'd been married like 12 years at the filming of Pieces and then they had done a lot of stuff together and then he died and she just didn't want to do it anymore. So it's very, very sad. Very young age. Yeah. Um, switching gears rapidly, um, most of the gore in the movie that we see, the blood, the uh, the intestines, all that stuff, is uh, real. It was all taken from slaughterhouses. Um, Christ. And the there's a scene where a young tennis player is cut in half with a chainsaw and they show her stomach getting cut in half. And they did that by using a pig carcass, which when I read that, I was like, I hate that. I hate that a lot. And then I watched stuff and there was a behind the scenes image of it. And I – it was like a tiny, tiny pig, but it was wearing her like blue sweatpants. So it was – I, was, I didn't know how to feel. I was like, I hate this poor little piggy doing this, but also it looks really funny in those sweatpants. I mean, but it's like, if it's a pig that's already dead, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be like slaughtered to be ate. Yeah. Like, 
To be honest, I mean, I guess that would only really upset me if it was like they did that and then they're like, and now it's not usable. Because at the end of the day, like, I often, I feel like struggle with the fact that I love animals so much. But mm-hmm. like, where I'm at, like, girl, I'm not about to give up me, at least that right now, um, which is my own battle. But like, yeah, if you're, if it's like, but if we're like killing an animal and it's like, but we're going to eat it and like use it, mm-hmm. it's one thing. But if it's like, where well, you had this animal that maybe we were going to do that with, but now we're going to use it for pieces and then like throw it away. Like, you know, it looks great, I'm sure as an effect, but like, yeah, I'm less of a fan of it when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah. I go back and forth. I mean, I, I, as long as no animal is harmed with, to do it, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't really mind. Um, but it was just weird to see the the cute little piggy, um, but it's a good effect. I mean, it really does look like it's her stomach. I watched it I a few times. I am interested to go back and look at it now. You cannot tell that it was a pig. You cannot tell. Well, because when you said it, I was like, when? Like, yeah. when is there a pig carcass ever yeah. in there? It's because the way they put the sweatpants on him. It honestly like it looks really good. They I'll did go a good them. job. Um, all right, the last few bits I have um, are going to talk about. The, the way the women had to deal with uh, being on set, uh, oh God. specifically with the director, because listen, I really like this film. I don't like this director and the way that he handled a lot of things on his set in the similar way that like I love Troll 2, but I don't like the way that that director, you know, did a lot Talks of Talks about it now. <laughs> oh, you know. So- Is delusional. It's it's often very hard, to, I think, to separate the like art from the artist. Um, so this does make me it, it dampens the film a little bit, knowing all of this background. But I think it's important. Um, so yeah, the director. <laughs> so the pool scene. There's the first real uh, the uh, second death. The second death that we have. There's a girl who goes into a pool to wait for our um, Casanova lead actor to come fuck her in the pool and she gets mm-hmm. naked and she's swimming around and it's a pretty long sequence of her swimming before she gets uh taken by like a fucking pool filter thing um over yeah. the head and apparently they shot the scene in the winter and the water was reportedly five below zero god so damn they had to cut the scene shorter than they wanted because she almost died Jesus. Yeah. Not and you know they definitely it. probably did that. I'm 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 sure maybe not the whole reason. I'm sure maybe because budgetary reasons they were like, we're not gonna pay to heat this pool or whatever, but like I'm sure also because they're like the cold water will give her hard nipples. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very porno. The way she comes out of the pool and is like yeah. arching her back. Yeah. It was and really she's like cold. waiting to be like chainsawed yeah. in half. She's like, what? Like literally titties up. Yeah. In the moment I was like, girl, get up. And now I'm like, well, it was five below zero. She's fucking frozen. She can't move. No wonder. I know. Uh, and you know, at least if you're gonna die. Die, die looking hot as fuck. She did. She looked really good. I, I'll That's my amazing. motto. Yeah. I mean, it's very accurate. I'm going to be pissed off if I die looking ugly. I can tell you that right now. I'll make sure that never happens. Don't worry. So if I died looking hot, you guys, don't cry at my funeral. <laughs> if I died looking ugly, you better have waterworks. If I find your dead body, I'll make sure it looks good before anybody else finds it. Yeah. <laughs> <Prop> it up. <laughs> Just like you like taking out a titty and like, okay, <laughs> she would have wanted this. <laughs> that's exactly what you would have wanted. Um, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, and lastly, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise considering how much nudity there is in the film that that was a lot of the director's decision. Um, there are mm. Mm, there are a lot of instances, even more than 
actually made it onto film where the director wanted more nudity. Um, so for one example, the aerobic scene, which also goes on for a really long time, of just like a, gr- a group of women doing aerobics in like leotards and tights. Um, he wanted them to be fully naked in that scene. Um, like for what? <laughs> because it's, you know, 12 women high kicking naked. That's what he wanted. Um, but the woman who played the aerobics instructor was not an actress. She was an aerobics instructor. And she was like, oh no, God. we wear tights and leotards. That is not realistic. None of us are doing that. And she put her fucking foot down. And he was like, I guess I have to let them wear clothes. Um, I literally watched an interview with him. And he was like, yeah, you know, couldn't get around it, I guess. Like still like they're going into the locker room afterward. Like you'll get you know, titties and ass. There's so much booby. Um Similarly, the tennis victim, the young girl, was also not an actress. Um, She was actually Mm -hmm. the daughter of the woman who was head of wardrobe, and she wanted Uh to be an actress, so she – her mom got her the part. Um, And originally, the scene that she's in has no nudity, but after she got the part, the director rewrote it, and he added a shower scene where she is naked That because he said, (sighs) you have to have a shower scene or how will they understand that she took a shower? (laughs) So he, They'll think she died smelly. <laughs> so she's there's a shower scene that was not originally in it. And then she was supposed to get fully dressed, but he made it so that she would only put on her underwear and sweatpants, and then she would have to be topless during her kill scene in the chase sequence. So she is. Um, and she was hesitant, but, you know, it was her first time acting. She did what was asked of her. And after a few other small roles that she got, another one being another film her mom worked on, they all involved nudity. And she only ever got offered parts where she had to be naked. So she just stopped acting. So fucked up. Right. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like, as I've said prior, like, if a woman wants to show her titties, wants to show her body, if she's mm-hmm. of age, like all those factors, then do it, girl. And you have my full su- fucking support. But I would feel, and I'm not, this is not me being like, her mother should have done this. I'm just imagining, like, mm-hmm. if I was her mom, and this is like a movie I was already working on. My daughter wants to act. This is going to be her first role. And, like, I don't know. Maybe she she didn't know half this shit. But, like, and then it was, like, I found out that, like, oh, all of a sudden, she's going to have to be naked in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, I'm not, I don't know what was said. Maybe she did say something. And I'm not saying she did anything wrong. But, like, personally, I feel like I would be, listen, if my daughter was, like, mom. I want to be fucking naked. Like I'm, I'm of age. I'm a grown woman. Like I want to do this. I'd be like, okay, as long as you make sure you're fucking comfortable, like go off. But like, I would feel like very like angry. I feel like and protective and be like, mm-hmm. um, so I'm about to revoke all of wardrobe. If you're going to pull this. <laughs> there nonsense. is no wardrobe. Basically. Everybody's going to be naked. Maybe, maybe that's what he wanted. He was like, I just want them all to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is how I get the naked aerobic scene. She refuses yeah. to dress them. Yeah, I mean, I have no problems with nudity in film. I will watch all the titties as long as the women want me to see their titties. Please, I love them. Um, but yeah, I hate when, in, A, in general, anybody is made to feel even slightly uncomfortable doing that, then you shouldn't do it if you don't feel comfortable. Um, and I don't think that you should only fucking get offered roles where you show your boobs. Like, it's ridiculous. Well, I think it's the same thing we said before, where it's just like in movies and it's often in horror where it's like, this isn't necessary to the plot that this person be naked. And it's like, I'm not saying like, we can only have nudity if it's a thousand percent necessary to the plot. No. Girl, I'm not going to complain always, but like, I love titties. I think it's been very much stated on this podcast. I fucking love titties. I like boy titties. I like girl titties. I like they, them titties. I like everybody's fucking titties. Okay. So 
that being said, I don't like the idea, as you said, like, yeah, peeling Hunter Bull, but like kind of going hand in hand with that. Like, and we talked about this before with Barbara Crampton in the 80s mm-hmm. and a lot of these women where it's just like, where the idea is like, it's not like, hey, we'd love you to have your titties out in the scene. And then being like, I'm not really comfortable with that. And then being like, oh, okay, shucks, damn. But all right, let's, let's do the scene another way. It's kind of like this ultimatum where it's yeah. like, you don't get this role if you don't do these, this titty shot. And like, then going forward, like, if you want to work, you got to show your titties where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, them getting away with being like, you know, no one's holding a gun to her head. No one's making her do it. But it's like, yeah, but they can't work then unless right. they're like, fine. Yeah, I'll take my tits out. Right. Yeah. It's which ridiculous. is fucked up. It's very, you know, I'm not surprised with the 80s and all, but I am happy that we got a dick in this movie, even though I find the protagonist of this film he gives me the ick. I don't like him. I don't want to see mm-hmm. his fucking weird dick, but I'm <laughs> – What is weird about it? Oh, well, it's a weird dick because – well, at first when I just saw it, I was like, that's a weird dick because it's like curved. And I was like, why is your dick so curved? But then I found out, and I didn't include this in my background because it grossed me out, but I'm going to say it now anyway, is that okay. he was too excited from st- being on top of the other actress for so long that he had a boner and they had to like try to like get rid of his boner. So he has like a fucking half chub in that scene. It's disgusting. I hate his weird okay. dick. But you know what? It's my right. <laughs> if I have to see all the titties, I want to see the dick. It's only fair. Feminism. Uh, girl, <laughs> you are the goddamn shining pillar of feminism, let me tell you. <laughs> if anyone's doing the work, it's you. Yeah, Out in these streets, I just banging on doors. Show me your dick. I just like to – I just want to like even it out a little bit. If I get to – there's so much titty and bush in this movie, which is fine. I'll, I'll look at it. I'm happy to see it. But I want to see a dick too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, definitely <laughs> prefer titty. I think they're nicer to look at. Yeah. Um, I, I, I am in full support of the message you are trying to bring to the people. Um, there's just like – in general, I'm not like, ooh, 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 a penis. <laughs> Like, I'm just like, it has to be a specific actor for me. I'm like, and it's right. never, it's you as I want. I'm like, come on, show me Chris Sarandon's dick. Yeah, I mean, I think I got really lucky with um, Steve McQueen's shame and how frequently I got to see Michael Fassbender's penis. Um, so, you know, maybe that's part of it. Just always I'm going back to that moment when I saw that on the You're big so screen. lucky. You're so blessed. <sighs> Drifting away. I got to get back to the episode. Okay. Well, that's my background. <laughs> um, I, guess I love we that we should, ended on a high note. Always. We should jump into the film itself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of highlighted it uh, heavily in the synopsis, but I would love to start with the opening sequence because something I love about this film is how quickly we just jump right into the action. Like, they do not waste any time. We have two minutes and the mother gets fucking butchered. And it's a very just like – weird I don't want to use the word campy for this movie because I don't think that this movie is campy I think it's very like absurd and ridiculous and I think that that kind of gets like we've talked about this mainly like people don't really understand what campy is a lot of the time and I don't really find this to be campy um yeah but like Um, do you disagree uh it's definitely not the campiest thing we've done I think there are elements of it and this is a perfect example it's so hard to define camp. We've said this before. It's like you either fucking get it or you fucking don't, honestly, at this point. Like, and some of you just don't fucking get it. And just let it go. Stop using the word. You're so fucking annoying. I love you so much. You're so annoying. Um, <laughs> anyways. Um, but 
like, I think of things, like, specifically, like, some of the death scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure we'll get to these, but, like, the running into the, fu- the pe- like, on a penny board going through a fucking huge, <laughs> like, mirror, like, shit. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, those are not done for laughs in this movie. Those are done for, like this was a choice that we made where it's like what a ridiculous stupid fucking choice that makes no sense yeah. i mean i would even argue that like putting the the nudie puzzle together every time he collects another piece mm-hmm. is you know ridiculous in a way where like this is a movie i think i can agree with you but also i can i can go both ways like this okay. isn't a movie where i'm gonna be like this is camp you guys like and like this is gonna be my top of the pile like example of camp in film but like i think there's definitely things here where it's like if I had to make like a list of like every movie that is actually camp, mm-hmm. I could, I could easily put this on that list. Yeah, I mean, there's, I would say there's elements, but I, I find it to be way more just like absurd than anything else. Just like the choices that they make, I, I don't know where they came from half the time, and I feel like with camp, there's a lot of like intention behind it. What is that face? That was, that, I was looking at your kitty. Oh yes, my craven. Um. But yeah, the opening sequence, I love it. I think it's, you know, there's some good gore. He's sucking on a puzzle piece. It's real weird. But I like a horror film that, A, just jumps right into it. We don't have to fucking wait around. But also, they've given us all the information that we kind of need right in the the first two minutes. You know, this is Timmy. Timmy likes naked ladies. Timmy's mom does not. He kills her. Cut 40 years. This is not explained in the film. I will tell you about it because I learned after watching it. Because it's, I think it's the way that it's edited. It's not clear that the girl who's on the penny board who runs into the mirror, that moment is witnessed by Timmy as an adult, which then triggers oh, the killing okay. spree. Because when he kills his mother, she slams the his bedroom mirror and then he goes and grabs the axe. So when he sees the mirror shattering... It triggers him, puts him back in that headspace, and then he begins his killing spree. I knew there was a parallel. Yeah. Like, I knew that. But I was like, but yeah, they don't show you, as far as I remember, like, him seeing it. No, they don't. Um, Because they show show him taking the box of, like, old, like, his mother's dress and shoes and puzzle pieces out of the desk before they show her on the board. So it doesn't make sense, like, time-wise, but that was the intent. Um. So I think I just also, really, I was yeah. sorry, I was fully convinced. I was like, wow, first death of this movie is just gonna be this horrible accident. <laughs> like she she's a tiny girl and she goes through like this like huge yeah. like slate of glass like mirror. It's fucking ginormous. I'm like the shards on that alone probably should have fucking decapitated her ass. And like they literally cut. And she's just hanging out in a field. Yeah, like two minutes later, she's like, do, 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 reading my textbook. And I was like, and because there's no fucking context, once again, for right. like, this is the exciting incident of like what triggers it. And I'm literally at this point just like, okay, so he just wanted a parallel shot. I literally was like, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, not fair. I don't, like, she goes through a huge mirror. Like, that's a decision to make. That's not like, oh, something we, we you know, serendipitously caught on film. Like, no, you had to play on this shot. That to anybody else would be like time to kill her. No, yeah, she doesn't even have like any cuts or anything on her face. It's wild. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, I feel like I went on a tangent. Um, my point was that I like a movie that sets up who the killer is right at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. when we cut later, 
yes, there's like a mystery and there's a whole thing with like the police, but there are the fucking like classic bumbling idiot police where like the mystery of who is Timmy is kind of like second to all of the fun kills and the relationships for me because I already know it's Timmy, who he actually is. I don't really care as much. And I don't think that they do a very good job of revealing it in a satisfying way anyway. Um, no, at, not at all. They're just like, oh, by the way, it's the Dean. And you're like, what? <laughs> I, okay. You no, know, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't want to get on tangent. We'll come back to it. But I was literally like, now what? Why? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but I think that also just puts me into a good headspace with this movie because like we're starting off. I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm ready for the kills. The reveal I don't really care about. I know it's Timmy. I know what his weird little perversions are. That's all that matters to me. Um, And it very much like blends together like the slasher genre with the giallo. Like it's very – I think this is like very much giallo, which I feel like I also maybe give a little bit more leeway to giallos when it comes to like being a little bit ridiculous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's just – it's insane. This movie is insane. Um, and I, I, I need no, and like this movie is in no way trying to make a fucking statement. Like, let's be clear. But like, if you really were trying to like reach for some, like, this is what you could take away, which I put like my first note was just, I was like, this is what happens going back to the opening scene when you teach your kids mm-hmm. that sex is evil. And I think that's pretty valid. I mean, in a general life sense, but also for this movie, because like, he, I, I don't think it's anything new in this movie where it's like young, small boy is like reading porno mags and like mom and or dad find him and they're like, you're grounded, buster. Like, sure, whatever. But like, she reacts like she's witnessing him. Like she walked in on him sawing a woman's head off. Like, yeah. she's like, you like disgust me this is like like screaming at him like like truly acting like she's trying to like now has to like help him bury a fucking body i can't believe you um to which i was like girl and we can presume that like this is probably the first not the first time she's reacted to stuff like this like that like Mm -hmm. i don't expect her to sit down after she sees him like with this magazine and or like putting together this like nudie puzzle to be like I think it's time we talk about the birds and the bees and like it's okay what you're feeling like I don't expect that at all and that would probably be honestly weird given his like age um but like it is such an extreme reaction on her front that I'm like you're setting him up to want to ax you girl like yeah this is why we have to have better sex education in this country or this is gonna happen (laughs) I just want to know where like an eight-year-old in 1942 found a puzzle of a naked woman I want one. Where the fuck you can you probably buy the exact one. Yeah, they do have them. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the woman in the photo was like not a woman from the fucking 40s. Like the puzzle looks like a woman no. from the 80s. They also well, – also- <laughs> They asked for a plastic trash bag, which yes. wasn't invented yet. Yes, because I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Um, there was also – because that's what Joe Bob was saying in the thing. And there was also something he brought up about like – I think there's something with the telephone, something specifically about the telephone. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was. If he was like either like, like that kind of telephone or something to the that degree, like did not exist yet also during that time. So it's just like yeah. none of it c- makes any sense to exist in the 1940s. But you know what? We're just going. You have it. one scene you have to shoot with the 40s. You have one location. <laughs> just do it. And you're correct. not even there that long. <laughs> but no, you're like, no, all scene. this shit. It's yeah. so stupid. Um, oh, God. 
But to to move on from that, yeah. kind of something you were talking about was like obviously like who our killer is, mm-hmm. which something I made note of. So I'm mind you, watching for the first time. It is like I it has not been spoiled for me, so I don't know who the killer is. Like yada yada yada. Um, and oh, let me look at my note here. What I said. I mean, um, I forgot who the killer was, and I had seen the film because <laughs> it doesn't. Well, it doesn't I matter. made a note immediately because I was kind of like I can see what kind of level movie we're working with here, mm-hmm. you know? And like they they so obviously lean into like the red herring that it's like the groundskeeper. Like it's so obvious. We're like this is obviously meant to be like it's so obviously him that it's not. But I was like. But it's also so, it so obviously is this anatomy professor right. who's like a fucking weird freak who like the <laughs> girls are always saying like weird sexual shit to and he gets really uncomfortable with it. And like, he's like conveniently always near the crime scenes. He like is an anatomy professor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it's so clearly him. Which to a degree, I guess, good on them for tricking me with that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's but it's like, it's unearned because it's like, I mean, maybe if I watched again, I'd really be like, no, no, no. They really did the work. They really laced that in there. But, like, it being the dean of the school feels so wildly random that I was like, I don't care now. Like, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Also, I feel like they – sorry. Just quickly. I feel like they – I think to a certain degree they try to sell Kendall as it. Like, like as an audience member, like, you know it's, like, not Kendall Mm -hmm. because of just, like, obvious scenes where, like – yeah but that's the thing it's just like but then it felt like at certain points i'm like obviously people in the movie some people in the movie think he's a suspect but like i don't know (laughs) it's because they 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 have a script they didn't have a script i mean the thing is like i'm stupid i've said this a million times and it hasn't changed i'm dumb so like you can't pull this nonsense because i already am working with a rat brain and i am will get easily confused and then i'm not having any fun I mean, I don't think that they really put a lot of effort into the mystery of who he is. Creating um, the original Knives Out mystery. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the anatomy professor is obviously the red herring. Like, you, I, I even thought it was him on the second viewing, even though I have seen it before. Because it just makes sense. He's an anatomy professor. He's a little bit weird. Um, but they make a comment that he lives with his mother, which also made me be like, well, then maybe it's not him because Timmy doesn't have a mother. Um, and then they try to, like, at the end, I don't know if it was just the dean's way of, like, throwing suspicion onto the professor or if it's the way of the film to, like, explain how weird he is. But they, like, make a reference that the professor is gay. And I'm like, okay, why does that matter? And then it's just kind of, like, said, and then, like, that's it. And I'm like, so is – I you think how gay men love chopping up women. Yeah. Well, I just think that's the way of being like, well, all the weird things the professor is doing, it's not because he was a killer. It's just because he's gay. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. What the fuck Jesus. ever. Um, but yeah. I also find it so funny that like this is set at fucking BU, okay? BU is huge. And the fact that you're telling me anybody knows the dean's schedule, there's like multiple scenes where Kendall's like, well, the dean will be in a meeting until seven. And I'm like, how does he know that? How do you know the dean's schedule? How do you know everybody? It's ridiculous. I, I didn't even know my dean. Four years in my school. I don't even know who my dean was. <laughs> Literally. I not tell you. Ridiculous. Um, we should talk about Kendall, though, because he's a ladies' man. Which like is him. absolutely fucking bizarre and insane to me. Yeah. He gets with, like, so many of the women in this film. And then they, t- they talk about, in other scenes, 
other women that he's gotten with without actually showing us. So like he's just a stud across the board. And I find it to be a very interesting choice because they they he's outwardly appears a little bit like a nerd. He's wearing like his glasses in this first scene and then he kind of takes them off. And he's a little bit more suave. Um, but he's like fucking all the women. The police love him. I don't know why this detective is like fucking on his oh ass. Oh my god, like, they're really like, we want you to come yeah. work with us. It's like, they're like, no, no, no. He's innocent. I know with all my heart that he's innocent and he's going to be my new partner. And then they like have him do, like, essentially they're like, oh, I trust you, random college boy, so much that I need you to look after the female detective and protect her. Ridiculous. Which, oh, girl. Ridiculous. She is literally <laughs> the female detective who is probably physically trained to go undercover because going undercover, like, is not just, like, a casual day on the fucking job. Like, it just simply isn't. Like, there are people that are, like, specified to do those things and, like, trained. So to be, like, this, like, random, like, honestly wimpy. Like, when we introduced him in the library, I was like, this is I- – I- in no way do I feel like, oh, we're meeting the male lead. Like, I literally oh, was like yeah. this scene because she passes him a no. They're going to go fuck in the pool. I think it's going to be a one-off, like, this is just this little quote-unquote, like, vignette or whatever of these two before she gets it. And then he's, like, through the rest of the movie. And I was like, wait. Why does everyone yeah. want to fuck this guy? Fucking like, Joe Schmo. I thought he was just, like, a random nerd that she's like, I'm just so horny at BU. I'll <laughs> fuck anybody. Like, that's the vibe I got. So I was like why but then yeah he's gonna defend this woman girl get the fuck out of here yeah they really like put this character on a pedestal and then like he's he's with the police the whole time like he's the whole film he's with them he's helping them and then there's like a scene near the end where i think it's the lieutenant he's been you know 23 hours looking through case files can't keep his eyes open any longer so they are like okay kendall come help us out like go take the stack of papers over there and see if you notice anything. And immediately, he's like, I found it. The dean changed his name. And I'm like, why is this kid a boy wonder? He can do everything. He's better because than Because it's the convenient police. for the poorly written script, girl. The only thing. We're not trying to waste time on that. We got titties to get to. He is just like really considered like fucking God in this movie. Like all the women want him. He is better than all the police. So I think the ending is kind of beautiful because in my opinion, I take that reanimated corpse crushing his balls as he's fucked at least one of those women in that Frankenstein of a monster. I like to imagine that it's those women coming back and fucking like getting their revenge on his dick. That's what I like to I think. feel like there's a possibility that, that he's fucked all of them. I mean, yeah, he, I know he's, at least- He's definitely least like a playboy. Yeah, where it's like, and then like, like cause, I mean, even as you said, like, there's the great scene which I will pause on a second because we have to talk about mm-hmm. when he is in bed with that one girl. So he's already on, like, he's already like knows that this girl he's gonna go hook up with has like tragically like been like literally like they find her body in chunks by the mm-hmm. pool, like which I'm not saying like, and you may never have sex again because that happened, but it's just like he moved, he's ready to fuck again and like whatever like real quick, which like okay, um. And then he goes from, like, yeah, being in bed dick out with this one girl to, like, onto my new girlfriend, the mm-hmm. detective, where it's like, oh listen, God. once again, I'm not going to villainize, you know, people being sexually active, as every- if everyone's consenting, but also, like, fuck him, he's a man. So I am going to call him a filthy little slut, because he is. Um, and <laughs> you know what? It's like, where does he get off? Like, he's not funny. <laughs> he's not cute. 
what's he bringing to the table? He's an you incredible detective. You think he's weird, so not even that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's but just like, to pause quickly yeah, for that scene in yes. the bed, girl, <laughs> that girl in the bed, <laughs> I'm obsessed with her because yeah. she's, I want to use the word insane, but that's too big of a word. That's not, she's not insane. She is everything to me. Oh. Like, I mean, fuck the guy that she's, like, groveling for, kind of. Mm-hmm. like Absolutely. But it is so funny to me because, like, all the women in this movie are, like, so horny. I mean, proof in the fact that they're all willing to fuck this guy. But then, yeah, like, like the scene in the library, she's like, let's go to the pool and fuck right now. It's like, okay. And this girl, <laughs> he goes to get out of bed because he's, like, heard over the commotion outside. And, like, prior to that, they had been fucking and she was apparently moaning so loud. He was like, girl, shut the fuck up. People are going to think I'm killing you in here. There's a killer on the loose, which killed me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, so she's like, eh, whatever. And then she thinks, he gets out of bed. She's like, oh my God, like, I promise I'll be quiet this time. Like, don't leave. Fuck me again. Fuck me again. To the point where then, yeah, she has like a line where she's like, oh, like, if you gag me, like, I won't yell. And I'm like, girl, I'm going to need you to get out of that bed, go buy yourself a vibrator and move on. Like, stop this. I'm just going to take that to mean that he's not very good at what he's doing and she's not done. So she's like, come on, let's try again. Oh, you don't think she finished? Maybe, maybe. I just want to... I don't no, know. He's Kendall claiming she's fucking screaming no. in the fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to bring him down. Them. I don't want him to be. I won't give him that credit. I don't need him to be an incredible lover. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where he's an incredible A. Eh? Honestly, I'm not. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, I feel like there's a lot left plot wise that we have not discussed, but a lot of that will come very nicely in our favorite part, the Q and Slay. Oh, it's so good to be back in the warm embrace of the Q and Slay. I feel like I'm home. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, all right. I feel like I always start. Why don't you start this time? Um. Okay. Um. Alex, what's your favorite kill or practical effect from pieces? There are I, – listen, I want to be very clear that I don't think there's a bad kill in the film. I think all of them – 10 out of 10. I love them. I think they're all fucking great. I think that in general, the kills are funny and they're creative. And I think that the gore looks really fucking good. I feel like it can, especially with a low budget film, I feel like you can have either like a creative kill that like they cut away from and you don't really actually see anything and it's like, okay, whatever. Or it's very basic, but it looks good. I thought that they were fun and creative and I thought they fucking looked good. Every time they would like cut back to the body, with all its pieces and its organs everywhere. The blood was very red, as we now know, because it was real blood. Um, but I love that shit. I think it's beautiful. And my favorite, it's probably your favorite. I if it I don't know. We'll see. Because there's a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. The waterbed scene is my waterbed favorite. is not my favorite. <gasps> the so. waterbed scene is my favorite. It is one of the last deaths in the film. Um, and it's I believe he's getting her legs at that point. I believe that's who that is. The legs. I think so. And it's um, this reporter who has been seen a couple of scenes prior where she's, you know, investigating these rumored murders at BU and all the police are like, eh, there's no murders. What are you talking about? And she's like, I'm going to investigate. Um, and she is investigating and she gets, I don't know if she gets like pushed into the room. I don't really remember how it happens, but she goes into the room where there is a waterbed that was previously set up earlier in the film. 
And she has a fight with the killer who has a knife. Usually it's a chainsaw this time. He just has a knife. But the way it's shot, I think, is so fun because he stabs her a few times and then he stabs the bed, which then, of course, gets all the water everywhere. So then she's kind of like floating on this bed of blood and water and it's in like slow motion and Mm. it's just like really gnarly I feel like all of the other ones are really quick and like violent and this one goes on for a while because it's in slow motion so you like you feel the impact of it I think more than any of the other kills um and then there's a moment at the end where he stabs her through the back of the head it comes out her mouth which is beautiful but I don't know if you noticed did you notice the knife moment in there no if yeah i did i don't recall what it is right now i didn't notice it but then when i was watching stuff back i was like how did i not see that the last knife stab he does through the back of her head before they cut to it coming out of her mouth you can very clearly see the knife is just like made of cardboard because he stabs her in the head and it just bends 90 degrees (laughs) does it actually shut yeah it really does i was like they just kept that fucking shot in the movie you know i kind of have to love it that's so amazing. I love that it's a cardboard fucking knife. Oh, yeah. It, like, snaps wow. in half, basically. It's great. That's awesome. Um, My favorite death, Um, I mean, I have, I guess, too, but, like, not really. Because I, I made no – this is more, I guess, of a practical effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they cut back to the girl at the pool after she's been killed. Yeah. And it's, like, a crime scene. And it's literally her whole body, like, in – bloody chunks like caught up by the pool i thought that was awesome i love that um because it was just like so visually disturbing Mm -hmm. that it is just like the idea once again of like especially in a like you know on a college campus where like there's people everywhere you're moving through different places all the time like you know this is something you could have seen every day but also still a stranger to you to like to come upon like this girl's body Mm -hmm. caught up by the pool like the pool would be so fucking insane like holy shit but for overall kill my favorite is the opening hacking up mommy um because i mean what a great catalyst to get into the film and to kind of really understand like the level of kill and gore you're going to be experiencing the whole time um but it it is brutal because it's just like i mean you don't it's not brutal in the sense of like you see the axe like in bed into her face like it i i imagine like something like this if it got made today the level that you would see it at like they would show you like that axe like stuck in the head like the flesh around it they don't have the means to do that here um so but i did like that it's just kind of like this pov shot of like the axe coming down on her face over and over and it's just like so kind of brutal and there's blood all over her um and then he proceeds to have to like i doesn't he have to cut her up or am i yeah no yeah he uses like a hacksaw yes yes um so, and it's just like such like a like a like so brutal to start the movie and have it all done by like a child and you're just like what the fuck am i watching um and it really i feel like sets you on a journey for the rest of the film so that's definitely my favorite kill yeah i i think that one is i think that and the waterbed scene are probably the most like vicious deaths because yeah he butchers her and then he's like gleefully like smiling as he like like saws her body in half and then he's like sucking on the puzzle pieces that have like her blood on them but then also when the police show up and he's like hiding in the closet pretending that like somebody else came in they open the closet and find her fucking head just like propped up on like a dresser so i'm like this kid decapitated this bitch and then put it up for decor nice noise honestly love his eye for interior design (laughs) 
All right. Anya, what's your favorite line? Yes. My favorite line, I mean, I kind of said the one already, mm-hmm. but I'll come back around to it if need be. But my favorite line is um, said very early on in the movie um, by a girl who is talking to a group of her friends before she goes to harass the anatomy professor. Um in which she's they're, they're talking about smoking and waterbeds. Mm-hmm. And then she literally just says, the most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. It's just like one of those lines where you hear <laughs> where you're like, wow, incredibly quotable. And I know that this absolutely speaks to – everybody has someone in their life that that quote deeply speaks to. I, think it I know that's a me. fact. I, it speaks to you. I know it speaks to Cornelia. Um I'm sure it speaks to probably Abby and Roberto too, mm. honestly. So I've surrounded with people who I know that line would touch deeply and that's why it was important to me. I would do anything to like open a fortune cookie and have that be what it says. To fucking smoke on a waterbed. <laughs> Most bed. beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. Yeah, that would, that's a perfect fortune. They should use it. Like, who wrote this? Get me in contact with who wrote this right <laughs> now. I have to talk to them. I'm very glad that you picked that because that was my backup line. Because it's just so good. Um, Mm -hmm. My favorite line, I had to go with the infamous moment, um, probably about like an hour or so into the film. I'm not going to reenact it because I will bust everybody's fucking headphones if I do. But (laughs) there's a scene where it's the tennis player's death scene. The reason that the tennis player has given up on her practice early is because somebody has decided to play this incredibly annoying, loud marching band music over the loudspeakers. So she's like, fuck this. I'm not listening to this. I'm going to go shower. And Mary Riggs and Kendall are desperately trying to get the music to turn off. And they take too long to get it to turn off and they find her body. And Mary Riggs is just distraught about this. And she says, while we were fumbling with that music, the lousy bastard in there killing her. The lousy bastard was in there killing her. And then she yells bastard three times at the highest pitch in like more dramatic each time that like it's ear splitting. I just, I just imagined it was like that moment of them being like, all right, Linda, you're gonna, you're gonna say bastard, but just like give us a few variations so like we can see. And then she just like kept doing different versions. And instead of picking the one they liked best, they just were like all of them. We're keep I'm all. just imagining, yeah, like her there, and the line is bastard, and she like does it, and they're like, again, bastard, again. Just like yeah. off camera, she's like, please let me stop. It's so good because Kendall keeps looking like he's gonna like say something, but he can like feel like another bastard's coming, and so he just like keeps waiting. It's so good. It's like, oh, is it out of her system yet? Oh, nope. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's probably the most memorable line of the film, so I had to, had to make sure we talked about it. And then very quickly, I already brought it up, but the exact quote that I love so dearly is, um, what if you gag me? I wouldn't make any noise then. Um, she says it was so much desperation. She's real for that. Too. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I, I promise you if you buy a vibrator, like you'll never have to worry about this again. It's Kendall's not worth it, truly. Absolutely not. <sighs> no. All right. Well, if you had a partner in crime in this film, who would you pick? And why? Okay. Well, as always, I feel like I always have like a funny joke answer and then like my real answer because my Uh funny joke answer is I kind of want to pick groundskeeper Willard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, 
first of all, I've been watching The Simpsons, which I know I'm like 30 years behind, but Groundskeeper Willie is a character, so that made me laugh that he was essentially Groundskeeper mm-hmm. Willie. Um, and he's also, he played Bruto in Popeye, fun fact for you, if you didn't know who he was. Yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. I just think that, listen, as we talk about the Robin Williams Popeye? I don't know. It was whatever Popeye was in 1980. It was like two years prior to pieces. It, it was like what yeah, he was known for. Sure Robin Williams Popeye. Um, I've never seen it, but I mm. know what Popeye is. Um, but like, good for you. Thank you. Um, like as a character, do I want to hang out with Willard? No. But like, he's in a completely different movie than everybody else. He is just like mm. given stank eye the whole time. He's. I love him. So I had to at least put him in as a joke answer so that we could talk about him. Um, because in reality, I'm always going to pick Mary because she's a bad bitch. And I would love to learn mm. how to play tennis, even though it's very obvious that that actress did not know how to play tennis in no. any way, shape, or form. Um, my choice is um, Virginia Palmer, who is the first victim. She okay. is the girl that runs into the mirror and then is miraculously unscathed, but then gets, like, randomly decapitated in broad daylight. Um, simply yeah. because it's just, like, what a fucking peculiar peculiar person. Um, she fascinates me deeply. She's kind of, like, living in her <laughs> own world very much. I mean, in general, like, she's just, like, on this penny board, um, mm-hmm. running into mirrors in the middle of the day. Like, it's so funny because she's, like, on this goddamn penny board, sees the mirror, and there's, like, oh, no! And it's, like, girl, you're on a penny board. Step off. Yeah. Step off the penny board. <laughs> I promise you'll you'll be fine. Um, and even still, runs into the whole fucking mirror and lives. And then, yeah, like, <laughs> is, like, in the field and is, like, angry because there's, like, uh, what we think is a groundskeeper behind her with a chainsaw. She's, like, how long are you going to be? Because if you're going to be long, like, I'm going to move. And just, like, yeah, and he's, like, not that long, only two minutes. And then comes around and, like, <laughs> and I'm just, like, you know what? She's not a friend I need for a long time. She's a friend I need for a good time. Well, so she'd be Maybe my if choice. you had been studying with her, it wouldn't have happened. Or we'd both be fucking dead. Maybe. You never know. Girl, he'd get <sighs> one look at these titties and he'd say, I need them. <laughs> well, that really just kind of <laughs> brings me directly into my original question, which I we think We probably have the same me. fucking Q&A question. Probably. So. Well- you know what? If you if a madman was on campus while you were in college, Anya, what part of his puzzle would you be? <laughs> Is that That's your question? That's literally my exact question. I I'll come, I I think I can come something else. Um, girl, okay. <laughs> Porso, Porso, are you fucking kidding me, girl? These titties. If I found out, no, I'm about to get angry. If I found out, I got sliced up. One looking ugly, I'd be mad. We already went over this, mm-hmm. but obviously that would never happen because I'm beautiful, gorgeous all the time. So, if I get sliced up, life is over, and I'm like, and this freak's going to keep a part of me to make his, like, perfect woman or whatever, like, and what he picked did not include my perfect titties? (laughs) Y'all, he would feel my fucking grip on his nuts before the end of the movie, I can tell you that. Um, Yeah, my torso. I'm happy with my torso. I got great titties. I feel like I have, like, a nice, soft belly, you know? Which is nice for different reasons that you guys can fill in the blanks. Don't start, you fucking gross animals. Um, <laughs> whoever you are. Um, yeah, my titties. What about you? 
I love that we had the same question. It's so funny. Um, I, when I wrote it, I was like, there's no way she doesn't fucking have this oh, question. The, for, there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, her question is going to be, what celebrities would you I wrote it down before I even watched the movie. Because <laughs> I knew that I was like, I know pieces of women are being taken. That's funny. Um, well, that's fine. We don't have to each have. If, if this is the first time this has ever happened. Okay. Well, I, I think question. I can have. I can get something else. Okay. Um, well, when I was in college, many decades ago, at this point, just kidding, <laughs> uh, almost. Um, I I don't know that there was anything like physically that was like wow 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 about me. So I was gonna go with my head because I had beautiful long red hair that was very different than pretty much everybody else on my campus because it was a lot of. Um, I, I went to Stonehill and it was. No, known around campus as Clone Hill because it was just like a bunch of like fucking brunette white girls with North Face jackets and UGG boots on. So my red mm-hmm. hair definitely stood out. So I will be the top and you can be my titties. And honestly, I like that life. What a great life. How's your head, Alex? Haven't had any complaints. <laughs> um, okay. So now my on the fly um, OG. Um, if <laughs> I'm so glad I went first. <laughs> well, this is because I was thinking I was like, what can I fucking pull on my ass if she has this question? Which she probably does. Okay, if you're making, we're gonna objectify some men. This is so exactly what fucking... I said was gonna be your question. I was like, if she doesn't have my question, it's gonna be what like three male celebrities would you put as a, a well, fucking... girl? So. <laughs> And that upsets you, you're not in the right place. Um, so if you are a mad scientist, you're in mm-hmm. your pieces era, maybe you're in your Frankenhooker era, maybe you're in your whatever fucking era, girl, mm-hmm. and you're about to make the perfect man for you. You can use as many as you'd like or as few as you'd like. Okay. Who are you stealing from and what are you stealing to make your perfect man? Wow. The way that we knew each other too well going into this. I, I know. know. Like us. Um, well, <laughs> sometimes I have, it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse. I prepped this answer because I was ready for you. Good. Okay. Thank God. I was like, this is going to be a lot if she is not prepared. No, I'm prepped. Um, but I'm going to do a twist on it because gender is a construct. And I'm going to go with bottom, like legs, dick, feet. Michael Fassbender. No question. Legs, dick, feet. I <laughs> love the order we went in. You know, we go like, up from the little, the ankles, dick. Oh shit, I forgot the feet. Yeah, we'll get those down. Okay, <laughs> hips down, fassy, torso, okay. young Timothy Oliphant. That's what I want. For, once again, there was a second where I was like, if she says Timothy Chalamet, I'm no, ending the call no. right <laughs> now. Timothy Oliphant, head, yes. Jenna Ortega. I want to look at a beautiful fucking woman. I am beyond words. That's what I want. I want the body of a man in a gorgeous. That is actually head. the most horrifying image. <laughs> you know what? Now, why would you do mine. Jenna Ortega dirty like that? Because I and have been I love Jenna Ortega long before these fucking little bitches were like, oh, we love Jenna Ortega. Okay. Girl, I don't know if that's true, girl. She was a Disney Channel girl. I think there might be some little Disney Channel bitches that were on the Jenna Ortega train before us. I whatever. I've liked her before Wednesday and Scream is the whole my whole point. I would have picked Jenna Ortega three years ago. Um, you know, every time I'm like, I know where this answer is going. You never know. You throw in some insane shit. Um, well, yeah. Strap in because my answer is fucking crazy. Oh god, it's like twelve different men. 
my how I would be my perfect man okay. is um Pedro Pascal and nobody else. I that was my I was like, is either gonna be a lot of people or she's just gonna kidnap Pedro Pascal? I think he's perfect. Um Okay. Nobody ever show him this audio because we are going to get married and he can't know that I'm a weird freak. Um, not that, not too early at least. Um, yeah, I would change nothing about him other than the fact that he's not with me currently. That's the only thing I would change. That's so I don't need anything from any of you other crusty ass bitches. Mm. He's perfect and I'm predicting sexiest man alive for next mm. year. Wow. If um, People Magazine gets their head out of their fucking ass and stops giving it to Chris Evans. Wow. You know, I actually think I want to change something really quickly about I'm gonna I would like to throw away Timothy Olyphant's torso in the, <gasps> the recycling bin because I was thinking about it. And you know, if I'm trying to get like all the best qualities of a human body, I need titties. So I was thinking too, I was like, you really want Jenna Ortega on Timothy Olyphant's torso? No, I would like I don't but I don't want her torso. I think maybe I like you want big titties or like like maybe like a like a Rachel McAdams torso? You or, and Rachel McAdams, girl. I love Rachel McAdams. Oh, I know you do. Oh, I do. Um, yeah, you know, I just want like some nice. You know what? Scarlett Johansson torso. Solid. Yeah. 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 That's ooh, that's my dream person. Beautiful. <laughs> take his head, Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> titties, and Michael ben- Michael Fassbender's cock and feet. <laughs> yeah, you just get those feet in there. <laughs> Without the feet, it's nothing. Uh, I mean, that's how the dean oh, got wow. tripped up because his the feet didn't fit, and he had to get new feet. Uh, and he took his fucking sweet ass time trying to cut him off. Yeah, we didn't even talk um, about her like getting fucking drugged and being. Paralyzed. I know, and I literally expected <laughs> that, that goes on for so long, and they cut away, and they come find her, and then there's like they don't show her feet in the shot, and they're like, "Help her stand up," and I'm like, "Oh, that's gonna be the big reveal, oh. like, and that'll be cool." Like, oh shit, it's just bloody stumps. No, they're still there. And I was like, then what the fuck was he doing this whole time? He was just caressing her feet. And there's like the whole like fucking sight gag of like the three men desperately trying to like figure out what she's trying to say. And she's like looking at the curtains like over there, guys. And they're just like, oh, let's go in the hallway and discuss this. It's like, yeah, okay, guys. (laughs) Dumbasses. So fun. Um, Wow. So that concludes (laughs) a little bit of a hectic Q and slay, but I loved it. I think um, uh, there might be something wrong with us, but I wouldn't change a thing. No, literally, I would not change a thing. So now we get to the part of the episode where we rate the movie on mm-hmm. our scale. Miss Alex, this was your select. What are you rating it? Yes, I really like this movie. I understand all of its issues, but I think it's a really fun time. And it's definitely something I would like to watch again either with like a group of friends or in an audience, because I do think that that is kind of the best environment for it. So I give it a three and a half. He lives next to me. He's stupid. He plays sports. Dumb jock slash boy next door. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a fun movie. I think I saw someone say this. It's, it's more fun to discuss than I think mm. it is to watch, at least for me. Um, so this is something that like I don't see myself on my own seeking out to watch again. But if I have a friend that's like, oh, I never see three pieces. Do you want to watch pieces with me? I'd be like, yeah, okay, for sure. And maybe I'd have more enjoyment of it. Um, but just having watched it once by myself, uh, I'm giving it a stoner bro too. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, 
there's definitely, as we said, there's definitely crazy elements to it that I understand it working really well for a lot of people and then being like, I love this. Um, and not even to be like, but I've seen crazier. Like, not even that. It's just that like, I think sometimes, like, especially with horror and B-horror where there's, like, a lot of movies that are, like, not particularly, quote, unquote, the society's idea of like good movie but like there's crazy shit in it and I'm like I don't care what y'all think this is really fun and I love it and sometimes they're just hit or miss Mm -hmm. like even if there's like well there's like there's crazy stuff in this like why don't you like this it's just like I don't know sometimes it's just different elements like maybe it could just have been the mood I was watching it in but like it didn't it didn't resonate with me deeply um there are definitely moments in it I'm happy that I saw and I was so overjoyed to discuss it with you today um but as a just a solo movie experience, I can't give it a very high rating. I'd be curious as the years go to see if you fall into the camp of someone who like didn't really care for it the first time, but then for whatever reason saw it again in another context and liked it more. Um, yeah. Because I could see that happening. I, especially if like I if you watch this like with Roberto, I feel like he would have a lot of fun with it. And I do think having like somebody to banter with and like be like, what the fuck am I watching? does does add a lot to it for sure which i think is why it's so fun to talk about i agree i agree so only time will tell yeah well if uh any of that sounded interesting to you and you haven't seen it yet uh seek out pieces 1982 i think it's a lot of fun uh and you definitely will not be uh you will not be bored there's a lot of blood and a lot of gore and a lot of titties and it's pretty it's short isn't it like under 80 or it's like it's an hour 25 yeah yeah, it's 85 minutes, um, which, as we know, is always a gift. Um, but, yeah, so that was our February pieces episode. Um, so hopefully, you know, if this – if you've listened to something that's intrigued you, this is definitely a movie to sit down with your lover mm. and, you know, on a waterbed. close. On a waterbed. With a joint. Smoking pot. Yeah. Um, enjoying every piece of each other um, <gasps> as you watch pieces. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then you should tell each other um, who you would make your perfect spouse out of. Um, But make sure you include at least one piece of them. Like maybe their head. That would be nice. Um, But make note that Alex did not include Craig in their perfect person. Anyways, uh, he'll understand. It was for Jenna Ortega. Um, Yeah, he he would understand that. He knows me. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you, you know, join us next month or anything else in between. And make sure if you haven't already to check out last month's episode, um, Night of the Comet, which we had uh, Abigail Baldwin on for. It was really fun. And also our New Year's Eve episode that dropped Mm -hmm. um, December 31st, 2022, of our favorite films, horror films of 2022. Because we're already in 2023, girl. And there's so much horror to look forward to. Um, And beyond all that, as always... Keep it creepy. Bastard! Bye! (laughs) Bye! Hi, creeps, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We would not be able to make this podcast, though, completely on our own, and we have some folks that we would love to thank. Um, First and foremost, if you've noticed, we have amazing new artwork, and we have to thank our friend Raymond Lowell, who commissioned it for us. Uh, You can follow him on Instagram and see all his other amazing art at rblowell. Uh, who else, Alex? Uh, we would love to thank yet again for another season our lovely friend Nathan Graham, who made our beautiful introduction music. Um, and he sings the Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Um, you can follow him at yes. Instant 
underscore grams, like his name. Um, and you can also check out his podcast with our other friend, Jonah, uh, called The Commonwealth. Yes, all good spooky content. Yes. And of course, if you can't get enough of us, we're on social media too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror, on Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH. And if you really want to write us a whole novella, baby, you can send us an email at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror at gmail.com. We always want to hear your thoughts and opinions and your insight. Uh, and if you want to follow us individually on social media, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I am at G-Way Forever. That is G-E-E-W-A-Y, number four, and then ever on Instagram, at agarity15 on Twitter, and uh, Anya Garrity on Letterboxd if you really want my uh, my film insight. Alex? Yeah, and if you want to check out the uh, three tweets and Instagram posts I do a year, you can check me out uh, at <laughs> Alex Brandley. Because I'm very basic on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. It's all the same. I'm just Alex Bradley. She makes it easy for you, folks. Yeah. She makes it easy for you. Um, but that's all we have for now. So we'll see you creeps next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The girls who cried be horror.